Welcome to the 65th edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and tonight I'm joined by Matt. Hello, everyone. And we're going to dive straight into two very contrasting games, I think. Um, let's start with Forrest, uh, Matt. Um, lineup was probably pretty much the strongest we'd expect. Uh, Shannon Gull, Ellie Wilson, Alan Morfitt, Tammy George, Merrick Will, Amber Hughes, Katie Johnson, Liv Ferguson, Beth Roberts, Sophie Bramford and Beth Merrick. Um, let's start with the big positive there, first of all. Amber Hughes back in the starting lineup. It was great to see, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely huge. You know, she's she's been a big loss for us in the last um, last couple of months, obviously since she uh, went off in that Stoke game. Um, so I think to see her there, you know, not only we, we saw her on the bench, obviously, against West Brom, and then to come on actually start in, in what obviously is a very important league game for us was, was huge, really. And I think you could see it in her performance, you know, I know we lose the game, but a hold-up play throughout, you know, it, it meant that we were on the front foot throughout, really. Yeah, and she had her, her Zorro mask on. It, it, it's, I think it's something we, we sort of need to acknowledge, actually, from the club that they've built that or they've paid for that really specialist piece of kit for her, which, let's be honest, um, clubs in this tier and it's, yeah, and probably even some of the championship clubs wouldn't be spending that sort of money getting that sort of piece of kit for a player, would they? No, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ultimately we an amateur semi-pro club, I don't even know, but, you know, in order to to, to pay for that, which you would expect a club like Wolves to do, but it, it's it's not a given, is it? So, mm. you know, we, we criticise a lot. So full credit there because it's it's enabled one of our best players to to get back on the pitch sooner than maybe she otherwise would have been. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and the other sort of big positive news out of this game was on the subs bench. Um, we saw Summer Holmes returning to the subs bench or, or getting onto the subs bench for the first time this season. Um, and she actually got sort of 20 minutes, half an hour on the pitch as well. That's a, another welcome return, wasn't it, on that game? Yeah, absolutely huge. You know, we, we're talking about two of our best players here coming back on the pitch, obviously playing in totally different positions. But obviously we had a feeling she might have been available because we we, we saw that she played for the reserves um, the previous weekend. So it was just a case of, you know, when was she going to be back to actually make minutes for the first team? So to get her in the match day squad there and actually come on against Forrest was, was huge because she's she's instrumental in the way that we play there, you know, the way that she gets the ball moving in the middle of the park. So, yeah, really good to get both of them back. Yeah, and it's, and it's we knew you know we knew that she might well be back in and around the squad, having played for the reserves, which we'll come on to later on the show. But to, she did get a good twenty minutes into the tank as well, which is you know that's going to do with the world of good. Um, now moving on to sort of the well, I was going to say the first of the um, sort of the bads, the negatives, the the sending off of Tammy George. I mean, obviously we alluded to in the last pod where we we're talking to Andy Fisher and. Um, I know Andy's seen the sending off since then, and he he shares our um, views on that on that sending off. Um, but let's let's break it down because it was just two yellows. So let's break it down. Um, Matt, you were behind that goal for the first yellow. Tammy quite rightly chased the ball down uh, and challenged the keeper for the ball. Keeper played the ball a bit later than probably or a bit earlier than Tammy might have expected. A bit late, yeah, and therefore Tammy was committed, wasn't she? Realistically, for that first one. Yeah, she's committed and she's got every right to go for it, really. Um, I think all I'll say is, you know, it, it is a little bit mistimed. It is a little bit late for that first challenge. And the problem is, I think a team like Forrest there, you know, they're potentially, there was an incident, obviously, in the in the cup game. We played them around a month ago and 
she wasn't necessarily on um, their Christmas card list, put it that way. So you could argue she was targeted that little bit. And I think when she goes into those challenges like that, they're going to milk it that bit more too, aren't they? Yeah. And I think that I certainly saw comments from our fans in the stands saying that there was a lot of um, grief given to Tammy. And certainly when you see the footage for the second yellow, which we'll come on to in a second, um, the subs bench and the, you know, the forest bench is up in arms demanding cards left, right and centre. Um, and certainly I think Tammy was um, a target for Forrest. And I think that, you know, I mean, I think we said on the show a couple, you know, after that Forest game, she probably should have walked at the time. Um, and I, I do wonder whether if she had walked, it wouldn't have been, at the, she wouldn't have been the target this time round and therefore we wouldn't have got into this situation. But we then go to the second yellow. And let's be honest, I mean, what we can remember is the first yellow was on something like the 15th, 16th minute, second yellow, a couple of minutes later. I mean, we've all seen the footage. Matt, the Forest player runs across a path, doesn't she? You know, it's Tammy has no, you know, Tammy's in no position to stop because the Forest player runs into her. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I can't lie. I, literally moments before I did say, I said, there's going to be a red card in this game and it's probably going to be Tammy purely because they were targeting her. And literally within about 20 seconds, that's what happened with the second yellow. I didn't think it would be because of some farcical refereeing. I thought it might have been because maybe another mistimed tackle or something like that, or Forrest milking it a bit more. But it took me a little bit of time afterwards because I think when you're there in that moment, you presume maybe something serious has happened. But to watch it back on those highlights, it just gets more and more ridiculous to see that. Um, you know, the commentator's confused, you know, saying it must have been something off the ball and they literally just go into each other and I'm not sure the referee's even looking. It's it's diabolical, really. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think this is, let's let's be really clear about this. The ref has a back to the instant. The ref is following the ball, quite rightly. The ref is following the ball, but she has her back to the incident and therefore um, she doesn't see what's happened. She doesn't engage with her assistant referee, who is roughly in line with it. The assistant referee, as far as I can tell and couldn't remember, doesn't give anything to Certainly, if it was anything, it might have been a free kick. Probably actually a free kick to Wolves, let's be honest, because, as I said, the Forest player runs into Tammy. There was a bit of, you know, it, Tammy's getting up, and then that's it. It's a it's a booking. Um, I don't I don't honestly see what the, the what the ref has seen in that to, to give it. And I think, personally, I'm at, I'll appreciate like, your opinion on this, but I per, personally think the ref has seen the reaction of the, the subs bench, seen the reaction of the Forest players around Tammy, and it's just gone, oh, there must have been a, a second incident, booking and off, and therefore that's what, what's happened. Yeah, it's a big shame that the officials will be like that because at the end of the day, you know, let's give these officials some credit. They have got their qualifications, they've done their training, they're refereeing at the third level of women's football there. So trust yourself, have a bit of confidence in yourself. Don't get swayed by fans or other players or dugouts like that. I don't get, we, we see it quite often, don't we, where they don't trust themselves with that. But you've got to do it because it turned the game then into a farce. What, not a title decider, but a game where it does feel like now that we've lost it, we're potentially out of that title race unless we have a maybe near on perfect record for the rest of the season. And you could argue that game, the way it's gone, we don't lose that game without that red card, you know? And that's not Tammy's fault because she shouldn't have been sent off. That's That's down to the referee. Yeah, and certainly, you know, if you're not sure what's happened, go and speak to the assistant. They've got that. That's what they're there for. They're there to give you, be your assistant, and give you an extra pair of eyes on the pitch. And if you're not sure, drop ball, move on. Um, 
we'll just pick up a couple other bits because I think you know you, you alluded to there. I think the referee realistically sport the game because it, whilst Wolves were very much in it, and we'll come to Wolves' performance in a second, it, it wasn't you know it was backs against the Wolves by backs against the Wolves by Wolves, and therefore it wasn't the contest it would have been if we did eleven v eleven. Um, I mean, I've had a ref, um, not one that we've had on the show before, um, but another ref that we know who's reached out and said, seen the um, red card and going, um, and this is their quote, and they've said they're fine for me to read it out. It looks like the referee hasn't seen the full picture for the second caution and then has made a very rash decision, which I think is what we've allu- what we've sort of viewed it as as well. Um, but I think the referee in other instances as well, that game was really poor. I mean, no disrespect to her, she was five foot nothing. But when she was giving free kicks and marching out of the wall, um, she was pacing nine, she was doing nine strides. Well, it's a minimum of 10 strides between the wall and the, the free kick. And so when Beth Merrick moved the ball back, Beth got into trouble for it and got told off. I, I mean, Matt, it was, I mean, that's my sort of view looking at it. You know, rest should know the laws of the game, but what's your view? Yeah, I, I I think there was one free kick in the second half. I don't think we'd have got that free kick without, you know, you were standing next to me, weren't you, Nick? I don't think we'd have got the forest wall back 10 yards if it wasn't for you screaming at the referee for her to do so, which, again, I mean, right in this case, but she swayed by the fans in that in that situation to have to do that. But it was, you're scratching your head a lot, you know. Like I said earlier, it's just down to weakness, isn't it? And I, I don't like slamming the referees here. We're all human, aren't we? But ever after ever in it just seems whatever level we're at really whether it's the men's Premier League or down at tier three in the women's football it just it the standards just are slipping aren't they a lot yeah I, I think this isn't a, a Wolves thing either I don't think personally I think this is a you know both Wolves fans and Forest fans deserved 11 players on the pitch from both teams and a proper full-blooded contest because t- between two of the best teams in the league because I tell you what if Sammy had been left on that pitch it would have been a real proper ding-dong contest and would have been a really good entertaining game. Um, and therefore, I think we all lost out on it. Go on. Absolutely. I think 11 versus 11, you know, we were edging it back. We were edging it then. We were getting mm-hmm. some dangerous balls into the box. And then 10 versus 11, we were the better team. I know you could easily put the argument of we're 1-0 down, so we, of course, we're the most likely to, be, you know, be, be trying to get that, that equaliser. But if you compare it to the games against Forest last year, which ironically we won both, it was back against the wall in a lot of that, you know, we were counter-attacking. It's the other way around here, which I think just shows the quality now in our team. You know, in terms of team performance there, we were the much better team. Yeah, Forrester got some really good individuals there. Unfortunately, now we potentially have a tire race, but I, I, I can't see Forrest being up there either. I, mm-hmm. I, I really can't see it based on what we saw there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I think, again, like last time we played Forrest, there was a couple of silly, well... One silly mistake, and I'm sure the player involved will acknowledge that as well. And and one late second goal, which realistically became because we're out attacking with ten players versus eleven. So I mean, just quickly running through the goals. Um, first goal for us was a penalty. Ellie Wilson fouled in the area. She'll she'll know she's an experienced defender. Um, she doesn't need you know she doesn't need me telling her that that was a mistake in the box. Um, you can't do those sorts of mistakes against a team like Forest, can you? No, it was a naive challenge and it, it almost felt, you know, it was the opposite end of the pitch and it, it almost felt like it happened in slow-mo. You could just see it coming, you know, when you stick out a leg like that and the, and the player goes over, it, it all just happens so slowly and you, you know the penalty's going to get given and, you know, can't criticise the referee in that moment, it is a penalty. Um, sadly, you know, I think if that game's nil-nil going into the second half, 
I feel like we hold on to the point there or possibly even better. But it is difficult, you know. The way we responded to that though was was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and and then you had we had a free kick from Beth Merrick. I mean, that post was still you know shaking sort of come ninety minutes from that free kick, which she smashed right against the base. I mean, it was a couple of centimeters the other way. It was a goal, wasn't it? It was just one of those games where it's so many fine margins. Unfortunately, none of them really went in our favour. You know, um, the player doesn't trip over Ellie's leg there. The, the free kick goes in. The referee's not incompetent. You know, all those little fine margins. Um, and and we're coming away with a positive result, you know, whether it was a point or more. Yeah. And then obviously, as I said, the late goal, Forest counter, ball into the box, and just KJ just can't get quite there in time to, to stop it going in, can she? No, and, and that, that's always the risk, you know, to, to give Forrest some credit. As much as I thought on the day we were the, the more cohesive team, um, you know, they, they still look strong on the counter-attack, you know. I think Greengrass hit the post and eventually, you know, they, they do get that second goal, which I think I said to you, I think this this has got 2-0 all over it. You know, it felt like that. If we can't get that equaliser, they are going to get us on the counter eventually. And and so it proved. Yeah, there was another one other talking point, more talking point after the game. Um Liv Ferguson got taken off uh, off and put Jade on. Um, I mean, obviously, Liv was run, was running her socks off and trying to get get the ball forward. Was it, did that make sense to you at the time? It's a tricky one because we we all know Liv's quality, and you know we saw it the the, the previous week, obviously against West Brom. Um, with how clinical she is um, in that area, but Forest is such a difficult game, and and, and we as fans, you know, we're not going to know how much it's taken out of them in the game potentially. Um, but also you're going on the past. We saw how much damage Jay did to, to Forrest in the league game last year at, at the new books head. So potentially, you know, when you're knocking on that door over and over again, looking at different options, it, you can see why Mac has maybe made that change. I think it's easy in that moment for us to think, all oh, right, okay, live what she did the week before, we'll keep her on. But it, it, it's hard. You know, we, we were hoping Amber would obviously stay on the whole game as well. But again, she's coming back and building up her fitness. And it's easier said than done, isn't it, to criticise maybe changes like that. Without knowing the full picture, yeah, we, I mean, we know what Jade will do. Sort of sitting on the shoulder of the defenders, and all she needs is one but all over the top and beats the offside trap, and she's in on goal, isn't she? And that's it. You're back in the game. Um, just one other little bit. I just sort of was one sort of we got talked about at the time would be, you know, we see all the graphics of sort of the miles covered on a pitch and sort of heat maps. The the stats from this game would have been really interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, we know they've got the GPS vests. They were. It'd be really interesting to see some of those stats and the, the club doing graphic, using them to do graphics, wouldn't it? I mean, the possession stats. I'd be very surprised, even with ten players. You know, if we didn't have more possession there, because it it was just relentless at times, especially in that second half. Probably on the shots count, it was probably even purely based on you know the the fact that they did counter us a few times in that second half. But I know you don't win games just by possession. It's what you then do with the ball in the final third. But I was really surprised just by how dominant we were, even with ten players. You know. I was, I'm sure probably most Wolves fans there were, were probably worrying that you go down to 10 early against a team like Forest that you're going to get rolled over. But, you know, it was, it, it was a gutsy performance. And, yeah, I agree. It'd be nice to have those stats. We, we maybe see it when we've played in the fourth round of the FA Cup because, the you know, we even get a fourth official with a sign-up to tell us the stoppage time. You know, we get that luxury. But it'll be nice to it'll be nice to get that in, in, in Tier 3 as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the luxuries of fourth officials. Uh, there we go. Fourth <laughs> pair of eyes to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> say that was very, very much tongue in cheek. Don't worry to our refereeing colleagues and friends. Um, right, let's move on to a, a different game. It was into the FA Cup for the first time. First round of the FA Cup. 
Um, just quickly before we sort of dive into the fixtures, um, the FA announced just before the game, so a couple of days before the game, that they were increasing the prize money, doubling the prize pot to near enough six million pounds compared to the men's of approximately 19, 20 million. Um, but only from round three onwards, once the championship clubs get in and therefore all the grassroots clubs, all the, you know, sort of the, the village clubs, et cetera, up and down the country, you sort of play the free preliminary, preliminary rounds, you know, the Manchester Union or Mancunian unity is of these, this world, the, the Leaf Fields who have to play, you know, as well, who have to play sort of the knockout rounds aren't getting any of that extra money. Matt, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll try to be a bit balanced on it. It's good, first and foremost, that more money is then going into the women's game, you know, after a, a big fight, I think, in previous years, just to get that prize money. Mm. Um, so good with that. And hopefully Wolves will benefit from that, you know, if we if we go on a little cup run again and get to the third and fourth rounds. Um but it just widens that gap, doesn't it, between those top teams, between the, your current professional and semi-pro teams and, and, and those teams, like you said, even in our divisions and even further below your Mancunian unities, like you mentioned. And if that gap gets widened, particularly between maybe tier two and tier three, that's going to make it harder for teams kind of to settle and when they get promoted to consolidate their space in those in those higher divisions. And you, you're probably resorting a lot of yo-yo teams when it comes to that. So there's that risk if we're talking about Wolves and for those teams at the bottom, there's there's that heightened risk of there just not being enough money for them to be self-sufficient and, you know, God forbid the, the, them going bust, which we, we do see obviously with some teams probably from tier four and below. Yeah, no, really well, well put and so it picks up sort of a lot of my concerns around it as well. I know a friend of the show, Chris Gadsby, has done a piece on his website about it addressing some of the issues and providing some stats. So I would suggest sort of giving that a read as well um, on the back of this. Um, right. Starbridge, Black Country Derby, FA Cup. We all thought it was going to be a really tight, you know, contested game, um, that Starbridge would be well up for it. None of us predicted an 8-0 win, did we? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, no disrespect to Starbridge there, but if we win an 8-0, it's because we thought we had got a, a tier seven team or a tier six team in, in the competition. And um, I think Stourbridge themselves have said, you know, their coaching staff have come out and said, you know, that they weren't on it that day. So that's their own words. But I, I also thought we were, we were really, really strong. And despite losing the game against Forest, you know, there was really positive moments within that. And, and they really built on that. And it's probably our best performance of the season, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, no, definitely was. We'll just quickly run through the team. Uh, Beck Thomas in to goal. Anna Morfitt, Emma Cross, Jade Cross, Amber Hughes, Summer Holmes, Katie Johnson, Hannah Fryer, Beth Roberts, Sophie Bramford, and Beth Merrick. So, um, obviously, sort of the lineup changes were Beck Thomas in for Shan, Fryer in for Ellie Wilson, Emma Cross into the back three. Uh, Beth Merrick sort of seemed to slip into the middle foot instead of Tammy, who was obviously suspended. Uh, Summer started for Merrick, Will, and Jade in for Liv. Um, it was a back three slash five, depends how you want to describe it. Um, pace and attack and all that. Uh, do you think this was Maka switching things around for the opposition or just down to play what players he had available and therefore sorts of fitting square pegs, square pegs into round holes? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I pride myself on honesty. And I must say, when I saw the team selection, you know, I don't think, I don't like saying weaker team because I think we've got many strong individuals there, but 
you know, it, it, it was a rotated team from uh, what would be considered our strongest in the league. And I thought maybe that would wait until next week against Bolmere. But I think the back three, back five, it probably surprised us all. It was a throwback to over 12 months ago, maybe. Um, he alluded it to in his post-match interview that, you know, there was a, there was a game plan there to to nullify Stourbridge's threat and, and, and to exploit their gaps and things like that. So it possibly was just for this match. But equally, I, I think going back to Nuno's Wolves, you know, it kind of become, do we play a back three or do we play a back four? And that seems to be ingrained. It, it has to be one or the other. I quite like us, you know, in the games where sometimes where we may be a bit, a bit predictable, that we don't know whether we're going to play a back three or back four. And it is just suited on the opposition. So maybe this is one of these. And it's not that we're now saying, right, Wolves have reverted back to the back three and it's going to be like this for the next four months. I think it will be individual on games. And to know that it's um, worked in this way against opposition within our own league, you know, opposition who have, after a difficult start to the season, have started to settle a little bit, a little bit as well. It's it's really promising. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and certainly, it, you know, well, it results in a really convincing win. Um, just going to pick up a couple of other bits before we look at the actual performance. Um, Tammy suspended, obviously. Is it in a way a bit of a blessing in disguise? Gives her a week off, bit of a rest, recoup. She didn't, you know, she wasn't needed for this game. Any, you know, she probably would have started on the bench anyhow. Give her, you know, but give her a break. I mean, it's really easy to say that, isn't it? When we've won eight now, that she's she's been able to have a bit of a rest. But I, I guess so, yeah, because obviously we didn't know that Maku would would maybe bring a few changes in there, and possibly she wouldn't have started the game anyway. We we, we obviously are only speculating on that. Um, but yeah, I think. I must say, I think it was Sophie Bramford's best game she's had for us so far, I think, since rejoining the club. Um, and that really gave her her chance to shine there, you know, playing um, in, in that deep midfield role, which really suited her, I think, a little bit better than what it's done in previous games. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of competition now starting to form in that midfield area, you know, especially with new signings that we've had in recent weeks too. So, it's it's good opportunity for more players to come in and stake their claim. Um, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't need Tammy. Yeah, uh, and obviously, I mean, we mentioned that Summer obviously came on, for, uh, started for Merrick Will. I mean, how good will those two when they're together be? Yeah, when they're playing in the same team together, they'll just dominate midfields, won't they? Together, yeah, they're, they're just going to be that engine in the middle, aren't you? It's almost like two sixties, just kind of there, you know, crunching tackles, really like bringing the ball out, pinging those passes around. You know, we've seen it from Summer Holmes all the time, and yeah. Merrick Will's really settled in now in those first couple of months of the season too. So. Those two together, it's a championship level midfield, isn't it? And then if you've got Tammy or Sophie Brantford just ahead of them, and more players in there now, we're building a nice bit of healthy competition of absolute quality in that midfield three now. Yeah, and just uh, we'll stick the uh, video on to, for for ourselves just to watch. As it's obviously the first goal, um, as we just talked it through. Um, with what I mean, with the first goal here, you can see Hannah Fry just getting up there and supporting. Jade, I mean, Hannah had a really good game as well, didn't she? Sort of two assists and really sort of getting in about it as well. Yeah, exceptionally. You know, this is a player who's, who's fairly experienced, you know, at this level and, and previously we'd, we'd filed and other teams. And to come in at the same time then as Ellie Wilson then on the right, and we know Hannah's coming at the left in, in one or two games as well. She's It's going to be difficult for her to get those minutes. So when she's got these opportunities, she's got to take them in to get those couple of assists she got in this game. And she was there was just an urgency, I think, to her play. Sometimes when it looked like all hope had gone and the ball was going to go out, she was there scrambling in just to kind of square the ball across, especially for that first goal that we saw. And yeah, full credit to her because she, she really took her opportunity. 
Yeah, and I think I mean, we talked about sort of, um, you know, we were excellent and, and Stabridge and Stabridge coaches have sort of noted how poor they were. But you sort of look at um, sort of, I mean, I've picked out the, the, some of the defending here. And, you know, obviously that first goal, Jade sort of left unmarked. Um, we've seen the sort of the seventh goal as well as one I've picked out for Jade as well, where Jade's left free in the box. And, and I mean, whilst we all rave about Beth's, Beth Merrick's pass um, for Sophie's goal, Sophie's completely left out of the box here. I mean, this is what the build-up to it is. We're now on our screen. So Jade's obviously sort of released the ball to, to Hannah Fryer, who's sent Beth running. Uh, and you look then when you see where Sophie Bramford is, she's in acres of space. There's nobody near her at all. Um, how much was it an excellent performance by Wolves and how much was it Starbridge just being really poor out of interest? Yeah, there was dreadful defending there, no doubt. You know, and even the final goal, you know, it's, that should never be going in from from Morph. Um, you know, there's a keeper every there for that one or two. Mm. I, I think we, I thought we were excellent. You know, I thought we were really clinical and that's maybe something we've been lacking in some games, isn't it? You know, you think of the Sutton Coldfield game in the, in the Challenge Cup yeah. um, only four weeks ago. Just because we were left unmarked countless times doesn't mean that we're going to finish um, all of those chances. I mean, granted, one or two of them were literally tappings from one yard, but um, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to take those chances. You know, Beth Merrick has still got to ping that ball across from near the halfway line to Sophie Bramford's feet. And I still think there was lots of individual quality and a really good kind of team cohesion for that. Do we win 8 nearly if Stourbridge are really on it? Absolutely not. You know, but I still think we'd have had a nice convincing 3-4-0 win. And I don't think that have made it too difficult for us with, with, with how on it we were in that game. No, definitely. That's interesting. Yeah, it really is interesting. And obviously, we're just watching the, the, the seventh goal here. And I think one thing we would pick out as well is, is, is Jade's sort of involvement, not just in the scoring these some of these goals. And here you can see where she's sort of completely left unmarked in the penalty box. But she's involved in at least three of the in the build up to at least three of the goals, two of her own. She's sort of involved, you know, she's setting up. You know what is it? The pre-assists is it? Yeah, what you want to call it? Um, she she was all over the, that that pitch today and rightfully uh, player of the match. Um, and here's Morse Rocket as we we watch it now. Um, keeper probably should have done better, as you say. Um, that's Jade's first hat trick since the 11th of October 2020, um, where we played um, Wem away. Um, can you remember who was the special guest of that game? That would have been Mr. Jeffrey Shee, wouldn't it? It was, yes. It was probably first and only trip to Wem. Certainly, the most random appearance, very welcome appearance, but most random appearance ever, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, no one. I don't think anyone really expected him, and he just rocked up. Um, okay, but here's your here's your your quiz questions, then, Mr. Matthew. Key name who was in that squad that day who is still with the team today? Oh, crikey, 2020. Yeah, uh, Anna Price. Yep, um, Tammy. Yep, oh, crikey, Emma. Yep, Beck. Yep, uh, put me on the spot here now. Put me on the spot. <laughs> goal scorer, goal scorer. I mean, obviously, Jade's included in there, obviously, but uh, yeah, goal scorer today. Oh, goal scorer against Starbridge as well. It's the final one. We scored eight goals, Nick. I'm 
I'm, working, I'm trying to remember that's who scored in, the goal. Captain Marvellous. Oh, there we go. Yay. <laughs> yeah, she was the other one. Yeah, so yeah. So, I mean, it's, it shows the transition that realistically, I mean, you think sort of those were, most of those were starting as well that day. Um, so I think all of them, if I remember right, it all starting that day. And, and you look where we are and how we're still having sort of a lot of those players around, but also big, you know, big churn of staff and you know, players in sort of three years. Um, it's it's quite impressive, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We've we've kind of kept that core base of players, haven't we? Really, and it's you can see it in that team spirit. And now we've just added all that extra quality as well to take us that next level. And it probably means, you know, Macken was talking about in his post match interview about some of these players that have been loyal servants for the club that aren't necessarily getting the same amount of minutes and that's part and parcel of it you know there's not sentimentality in football there but they're still there you know busting a gut to make sure that they they're getting involved and when they do get their opportunities to play like like jade and emma did this weekend you know jade especially getting a hat trick she, she's taking her opportunities when they come and fair play you know that might have earned her some more starts now when we come into into the league action yeah another player who i was actually really impressed with as well and and sort of think Learnt, yeah, I mean, certain game time, probably game time, and then in against Boldman when we come to talk about that was Annie Denham. Um, I thought her performance off the bench was phenomenal, um, phenomenal. Um, and she really sort of demonstrated why Maka raves about her and why she's off with to uh, should hopefully be off with the, the Welsh squad under a 17 squad later on this month. Um, what did you make of her performance? Yeah, we've, we've seen her do the same kind of thing twice now. I think when she came on before she'd officially signed against Oxford, you know, she came on in that number 10 role, mm. um, you know, which I think she's going to be very strong in terms of carrying the ball forward and being able to do that stuff. But I think against West Brom, she came out, saw the game out as the number nine. And then she did a similar role here um, against Dowbridge as well. And, you know, I'll, I'll never patronise her with her age, whatever, but it's unbelievable with her physicality and her height for her age mm. that she can kind of do that, that role. And I think I said to you, in a podcast before the season, if we needed a striker or, or a forward option, that was a little bit different. It was probably someone with a lot of height that was able to kind of hold the ball up in a different way to maybe what we've got with Amber and he's able to still press at the same time. And I think we may be getting that with Anya now. And she's probably not expecting to get too many minutes, which is fine. Mm. But then it gives us that option maybe off the bench too, when she is kind of performing and when she is earning those starts or earning that time off the bench. And, it's going to just give us that extra depth, isn't it? Which we've had from some of the younger players in the past, like Leo and Lauren and, and other players like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, as said, hopefully she'll be up with off with the Welsh squad from the 20th to the 27th in Albania in under-17s qualify, European Championship qualifiers. So it should be a really good opportunity for experience there. Um, just wrap up the first half with a couple of bits of news. That sort of um, one bit that we've alluded to and one that we haven't really. Um the club announced um, that H is out for the season, um, and you know you, your initial sort of thoughts when you hear this news is oh oh no that's you know real shame. But actually, this is out for the out for the rest of the season. Really good news, and sort of we offer um, our congratulations on, on the announcement that she's pregnant uh, with her first child, uh, and that's sort of really sort of welcome you know for her and her partner. Um, it was a bit of a Surprise, wasn't it, Matt, when, they, when that was announced? Yeah, absolutely. It always is, isn't it? It's obviously something you're, you're going to get in women's football there, you know, and, and family and, and what plans people have is more important than anything. Of course, selfishly, you know, as fans and as the club, you know, you're thinking, oh, great, we, we're missing one of our better players there. But 
first and foremost, you know, it, it, it's their happiness and what what they do with their lives. So, yeah, um, congratulations to H. Yeah, and we have also um, signed a new midfielder from from Starbridge, announced an hour before playing them. I mean, obviously, I think everyone knew, before, well, everyone would have known sort of seven days before that, so it's just not been made public before this. Um, signed Lexi Harrison from Starbridge. Um, I think, you know, so, so, certainly talking to Starbridge fans, they've, they've they think she's one there, but yeah, has been one of their better players the last sort of eighteen uh, months, twelve months that she's been there, um, and last yeah, sort of was being being played out of position for quite a bit for this season. So I think it's a real coup to sort of poacher off Starbridge, isn't it, Matt? Absolutely, and it, it, it's something that we do very well. You know, we might not have the spending power and the resources of a Newcastle or even a Forest, but we still seem to be able to attract some of the best talent from other local teams to us, whether that's Stoke, Stourbridge, the old Coventry United. Um, and we're able to invest in that way instead and still be such an attractive option. And in the words, you know, Lexi put herself on social media, you know, she, when she first came to the club and had a look around, you know, she, that was it. That that was when she wanted to 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 immediately sign for us. So that kind of stuff's really promising and I'm sure she's going to be a really useful option for us. And yes, in her best position, but obviously she does have some some versatility, uh, versatility as well, which she's she's shown for Stourbridge. Yeah, and I, I think if you she was Stourbridge player of the match when we played them at the New Books Head in September, and she was playing as a fullback in that game. Um, so it says, as you say, it says something about her versatility. Right, I mean, I've heard her mention as a right winger as well. Sort of, yeah, you know, so a bit of depth there, a bit of alternative um, you know, sort of opportunities there. Um, and and yeah, I think just also echo the point that you're making there about sort of the, the coming scene of facilities. She's not the only player who we've heard that about who said, you know, come seen the facilities and gone, this is the best facilities I've played at and played at championship level or, you know, been in and around sort of WSL teams. So that says something about the offer we do have. Um, I think that's really, um, you know, sort of really special for ourselves and something we should be priding ourselves on. Um, doesn't stop the need for further investment, but there you go. That's a different conversation for a different pod. Um, that does bring us to the end of this part of the show. We'll be back after the break, so don't stay away. Catch you in a bit. Welcome back to this edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. Let's look forward to next. We'll look forward to the next three games this time around. Um, starting with Bolmere in the Challenge Cup on the nineteenth of November. Um, I mean, we've played Bolmere. Well, we played them three times last season. We played them at this stage in the county in the County Cup last season and the the season before that, for that matter. Um, they're currently sitting six in Tier Four Midlands, but obviously have played less games than others. Um, they did beat Solihull Sporting Ladies 5-0 to get to this stage. Um, but in their last, well, I was going to say last last few games have been, I wouldn't say has necessarily been the most convincing in the league. They lost 3-1 to Posh, away to Posh, and lost 1-0 to Northampton. Though they did beat your second favourite team, Wyburton Wildcats, 13-0 uh, in the FA Cup. Um Matt, what do you expect? What do we expect from from our friends at down at Boldmere? Well, first of all, I'm absolutely gutted that the Wildcats didn't win. You know, I was literally planning my trip for the second round of the uh, FA Cup against them. Um, no, they yeah, don't have any public transport out that far in Lincolnshire, mate. They, they've, no, they're not. they've got no. their feet, and that's about it. How much is the Uber? Six hundred pound. <laughs> Uber? What's Uber? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I think uh, um, if it's anything like the County Cup game against them last year, I think we're going to be in for a bit of a feisty clash, you know. Um, and, and there's going to be some some long memories with that one as well. Um, yeah, bold me. They might not have necessarily had the easiest start to this season, but I still think they're going to pose quite a tough threat. You know, it, it's it's a derby. I guess any game in the Birmingham County Cup is a derby, but they always seem to be quite feisty, tough games against them, don't they? Um, even with having in tier three, you know, we had a really tight game against them in the league last year. Even the second game, um, the away game at Baldwin was was fairly tight too. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be tricky. And I imagine we're probably going to rotate a little bit again um, from our normal league squad um, to give those opportunities to experiment a little bit more. So I don't think it's going to be a foregone conclusion that we win. Obviously, it's a game that we should do. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see on the day, you know, how up for it we are. If we play like we did against Starbridge, then we, we, we should be quickly to win. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about um, the, 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 the how it being a bit tasty. Um, I'm talking to some, some posh fans, obviously local to me here. Um, they they said Bolmere are a dirty team, um, which is interesting. I mean, we obviously know that you've got, you know, not, you know we've got a couple of players there who, who won't, Back out of a challenge, you know, Spanner Wilcox, Jade Formaster, they ain't going to say no to a challenge. So I think it will be, it will be that really interesting team. I mean, interesting game in that sort of contest wise. Um, certainly think having like Summer back in that team, she'll be well up for a challenge in that sense. We saw a couple of the challenges she put in against Stour. She wasn't backing out of that. She was ready for those. Um, do you see much change from the actual team that we? played against Starbridge or do you think that's almost the, the cup team for the certainly for this this level? Yeah, well I, I mentioned it earlier that the kind of team we played against Starbridge on Sundays is the kind of team I expected us to play against Baldmere. So it's interesting whether Macca sees it as some of those have now earned another start against Baldmere or whether he use it as, uses it as a fixture for those that didn't play, you know, to then to then get minutes again like Liv Ferguson, Eddie Wilson, you know, otherwise we don't want to risk maybe some of those players getting a little bit rusty then. Mm. Um the issue is, I guess, you can underestimate an opponent, can't you? And it's we, we mentioned earlier about the formation change maybe being individual against Stourbridge specifically, and it's whether there's some game plan in mind there for Boldmere. So I'm really interested whether we go for, and I, I don't know what your thoughts are, whether we go for the back four or whether we go for the back three. I think he'll stick with the back three now, just while it's kind of working. I don't think it's going to be a permanent change, but... I'd be tempted to go with a lot of the same players, personally. I think while confidence is kind of flowing, I'd go with that. I don't want to up, up, uh, upset the rest of the team, but at the end of the day, sentimentality is not really a thing, is it? No. And I think in this game, you can make five subs, so therefore you can switch back round, you know, sort of bring likes of Ellie Wilson, Liv Ferguson back in. Obviously, the FA Cup, we were restricted to three subs, which is why it was limited who could come on, but this one you could you could play. You know, you could bring in sort of as I say, Ellie, Anya, um, Liv, Brooke, ex- Lex. Uh, I think Lexi might be cup tied. She would have played the earlier Starbridge game. Um, but got those get those players in in around playing game. You know, getting some game time. Um, but while still sort of starting with that same five, I or same same eleven that we played against Starbridge. Um. I certainly think you need that uh, Amber getting more game time, Summer getting more game time, and these are games that we should be, as you say, sh- should have the ability to win. I think Boldmere, we showed that 
Uh, or Bowman last season when we played them, they were very solid at the back. They would they were trying for straight us, wouldn't let open up. So I think having you know sort of fast, rapid players like Beth Roberts down on that left hand side will help with that sort of trickiness just to unlock that space and get the balls into the box where you've you've got Amber and Jade sort of hovering ready for the ball, then it will get goals that way. Um so I think I, I'm probably with you. I think certainly look at getting that sort of rapid you know sort of speed into the box and getting something in there will be really beneficial. Um as whether you play sort of um you, if you drop anybody to bring Tammy back in as well or whether you give Tammy another you know, put her onto the bench, get her some game time, that you know, keep her fresh for that time, what, and save her for the FA Cup game in sort of a couple of weeks' time. Um, that's my thinking. Go on, Matt. I, I think it's a competition as well that you know we've we've won it twice in the last two years now. I know it's kind of changed this year, new name, different teams, etc. But I don't think he's going to be afraid of losing it, no. and he'll still be confident. It's obviously something we want to win, but I, I like that he experimented a bit against Starbridge there, especially when we were a bit more relaxed and gone two, three up. You know, we even saw the wing backs kind of swap sides. So we saw Beth Roberts, I think, on the right for probably the first time and scored that goal from cutting in as well. Yeah. So just little things like that as well, you know. If we do stick with the back three, you start thinking then about how you fit that quality of the forward players, how you fit all of those in there as well. And it's... You know, we used to see Beth and Destiny kind of as the wing backs. So Beth Merrick is a wing back. Um, back in the in the, the year we won the league, and we've not needed that this time because obviously we've had the quality of Beth Robertson and Ellie Wilson, and and obviously on Sunday Hannah Fryer. So it's what we do in those situations because some of these players, then if there is a permanent switch in formation, are almost always going to miss out. Yeah. And then it's mad to think that people like Liv Ferguson then are almost permanently bench players. You know, it, it almost feels like that can't happen. So. It's going to be really interesting what we do with the team selection and what we do with formation and whether they are going to be permanent or not. Yeah, it will be. It's a nice headache for Maka to have, I'm sure. I mean, like like we've always said, when Shan gets called up for Northern Ireland, or you know, who do you play? Shan Beck. So it's a nice challenge to have, to have such such raft of talent. Um, I, I'm going to hold, I'm going to put your feet to the fire. And um, Matt, what's your score prediction? Uh, I, I went a little bit too conservative against Albridge, quite clearly. Um, I'm going to be more optimistic then, but not quite 8 0, but I'm, I'm going to go 4 0. 4 0. I, 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 think, I think I'm going to go 3 1. I think it's still going to be tasteless. I think, still think they're going to get a goal um, and they'll be in it. But I think we'll, yeah, we, our quality will show. Um, let's move on to the next game FA Cup, second round. Now proper piece for away. All I'm going to say is, boys and girls, you're so glad it's not Peterborough. Uh, uh, sorry, Peterborough at home. You're so glad it's not Peterborough away because, born it's the back end of nowhere. I've been there. It is the back end of nowhere. Um, bless it. It's a great little ground, but it is the back end of nowhere. Um, right. Where do we start with Posh? They struggled to get past Roxham in the first round. Um, and obviously, but they have recently beaten Boldmere in the league three one beats, and before that they beat Solihull one nil. Um, we obviously played them in, a, in our second preseason friendly um, at their place, and we won three nil. Um, they're currently sitting second in tier four Midlands, so they're not, they're not going to be any. They're not going to be mugs, are they, Matt? Absolutely not. And you know there's the flying high. They always do, you know, relatively well in tier four Midlands as well, and. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough encounter. You know, 
we've seen a few cup upsets in that first round and they're going to want to do they're playing one of the strongest teams they could potentially face now so for posh to a certain extent they're going to be like oh no we've got wolves here but also they're going to be thinking right this isn't a foregone conclusion we could actually nick something here you don't know and that's the beauty of the fa cup you just said they struggled against lower opposition in the first round themselves so uh it's definitely something that they're going to be thinking okay we could we could get the win it all depends on how we're you're relying on teams, the high-level teams like Wolves, to underestimate them. And I think the good thing is Macca doesn't tend to do that. You know, we saw last year against Shrewsbury, we played probably our strongest 11 bar one or two players. Against Northampton, we still played a really strong team, you know, and we, we cruised past both of those. So I'm not sure it's going to be a game he'll take lightly. And I think he'll know when a team's got a lot of momentum, they will be a tough test. You've only got to look back to when we played Liverpool Feds in the League Cup, when they were in Tier 4. And, you know, when we really struggled uh, against them and they ended up beating us on penalties in, in the League Cup. So it's the kind of thing that can happen um, in the FA Cup, the beauty of it. So we've got to make sure we're really on it. Yeah. And talking to um, my friend, um, Ruby Red, photographer, who does photos at the uh, the uh, the, the uh, posh games, she sort of gave me a few players to just to watch out for. Um, Lucy Mugridge and Neem Connor at the back. Really solid central defenders. Uh, they've got Sophie Scargill, who was the former Donny Bell's captain in their midfield. And sort of their threat and attack is Tara Maykirk and Keir Perkins. Um, and they've obviously just signed Emily Brent as well from Notts County, um, though she might well be cup tied actually. Um, so they've got some real sort of attacking threat there. I mean, we, we've just sort of alluded to sort of the conversation already around sort of team that you'd have would you I mean would you possibly go slightly stronger than we did against Starbridge and Boldmere just to sort of keep those everyone's minutes in there and give them that sort of um game time or would you sort of have that more rotated team that we've seen against uh, we're expecting against Boldmere and Starbridge yeah I'd probably make two or three changes you know there I'd like to see maybe somebody like Liv coming on there but I really like the experimenting we were doing you know Beth Merrick had more minutes in the number 10 role which she excelled in I don't think you can drop Jade now, um, which is played in that three-five-two. It's whether you give Amber a rest. You know, I know she's just come back from injury, but do you give Jade an opportunity to play with somebody else in that three-five-two to see how she gets on there? Because it's a different kind of other forward player she's got there. She's she might not necessarily have somebody holding the ball up for her. Um, and it's whether you play Liv and Jade up front together or, or something like that to see how they get on together in that kind of formation. Because Burnley is one of our next league games. You know, at the, the beginning of January, and it's if you want to try out some of these new ideas, these are the kind of games maybe to do it where you should, in theory, still have enough quality to to, to get the positive result. Yeah, you could try. I mean, you, you could go into that four four three three four five one formation with Jade and sort of up front with Liv and Beth at Merrick or 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 yeah as well, and then sort of rotate round. And Jade did score. Uh, just double checking my notes. Morph, Beth, Morph, Jade, and and Perks got the goals in the preseason friendly. So I think they'll be they know that it's happy hunting for that for Jade there as well. So she'll enjoy sort of having a go up against them. Um I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see um sort of the, the reactions of the manager and how the, the players cope. Because I think the uh, with him, because I think um the manager has got a reputation of getting himself sent off at times if things aren't quite going their way. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there, especially if we're dominating and sort of hold, you know, sort of making it, fr- you know, frustrating them and seeing what reaction we get out of them. I remember going to a 
it wasn't a pre it might be in the pre-season game uh, and they had to sub somebody off and they weren't all ready and all sorted and there was a bit of frustration on the sidelines and you know it was this, against Starbridge at the end of last season and I was really surprised with sort of the how the beh- players were behaving towards the manager as well and certainly not the sort of behaviour I'm used to when you sort of see the players around so, you know sort of like relationship with Macca etc go on Matt I was just going to say, we, we used to see an opposition manager sent off at the new box head anyway, aren't we? <laughs> uh, well, we can always then invite him back onto the show as well um, afterwards. Um, no, I think it, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's going to be a really interesting test. I think that I, I think it's probably the one they probably would have actually rather have avoided it, us, to be honest. But, you know, um, it stops their progress, you know, should hopefully stop their progression in the cup. So they'll be disappointed in that sense. Um Score prediction, Matt. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three nil. Oh, you see, I, I'm I'm gonna um gonna go five nil. I I think we'll we'll smash them. I mean, we beat them com- comfortably in preseason. Um, uh, we were yeah, we dominated. Yeah, we'll, I think we'll dominate and beat them fairly comfortably. Um, I hope so because the amount of grief I'll get when I see. Um, parents, uh, yeah, my daughter's team where they've got posh fans. If we don't beat them, yeah, I, I can't be doing with that. So no pressure, Macron girls. Yeah, you know, I need, I need, I need that. You know, sort of can't have us losing to posh. Go on, Matt. Yeah, what what was your personal reaction when you when you saw that draw? Is it like dread, just because it, of the slim chance of it of losing to them, or uh, it, it, it's it's um it's a double one. I can't make the game unfortunately. So there was a so was, in that sense, I'm. I'm guess, well. I'm pleased it's not here, uh, sort of locally, because that would have been really more, even more galling of them being 40 minutes away and not being able to make the game. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of looked at it and went, yeah, it, it was it was low sod. I, I, for me, there were teams I didn't want to play uh, rather than teams I particularly wanted to play. I know obviously you, you, your your favourite of Camden Court is uh, still on. They could still be um, in, in the next round. We we need to play them, but. We've got to wrap everyone in bubble wrap if we play at that pitch. In the um, I mean, fair play, County Court. They're, they're, they're having a really good story here, aren't they, in the FA Cup? But wow, the um, quality of the pitch from those photos they put up was um, something else. Yeah, yeah. So I think if we can, um, um, uh, it, it's one of those. I think, yeah, if, uh, for me, it was just more, I, it was a little sad that it was going to happen because I wasn't going to be able to make it. And as I said, just glad it was a, a it's a, an away game for me, a home game for Wolves. And yeah, we can move on and just get, you know, progress. See how we get in the in the round after that, where it starts to get really tasty. Um, and I think that's just point to make it. It's still very much regionalised at that point. You know, for this draw, it was sort of, actually, it, it was a Midlands and East Anglia draw because they brought Ipswich and Needham into the, the Midlands group, which was, Interesting go on, Matt. In other words, to rephrase, me and Nick were absolutely, I don't know, can I swear on this? Yeah. Absolutely shitting ourselves when we opened the PDF, expecting it to once again say in the second round of the FA Cup, Wolves versus Nottingham Forest. Yeah. It always seemed to be the way. I think bar last season, I think the two previous years, wasn't it? It was Forest in the second round. Yep. Squeaky, but there was squeaky bumps, especially when I get a message off Chris Gadsby, who goes, oh, you're going to like this one, or words that effect, and I go, oh, ooh, here we go, it's Forest again, and it would have been Forest away again, but no, that's no, fine, so, um, yeah, and then next round, sort of the, the, the third round, when it becomes 
the championship teams join, it will be north and south. So we could end up with Newcastle, Burnley, um, or Forest, or Sheffield United or Blackburn. So there we go. You know, so there's some some real opportunities. Personally, I really hope Sunderland get Newcastle because that would just be entertaining. There we go. Um, that's enough FA Cup talk. As we move on to the third and final that I get preview games this this pod. Feds back in the league, third of December. Um, all I would note is, I mean, it shouldn't impact ourselves uh, being at New Books Head is, but obviously um, I try to remember who Feds have got. They might well have, uh, I think they've got lower league opposition. So if their FA Cup game gets postponed on the 26th of uh, November, this game could well get postponed as well um, because the FA Cup takes precedence over league. So we're, and we're into that silly season of lots of cups and not much league action. Um, so stand by and follow social media for that one. But Feds in the league, 3rd of December at home. Can we call it the Beck Thomas derby after having Beck Thomas played twice for um, Feds this season? Matt, we'll discuss. Play, play for him twice, you know. I think she... She barely even checked into the Premier in Liverpool, didn't she? And then she was straight back with us. So, um, yeah, she might have picked up one or two things there in it, but you'd think that Shan would be um, back in goal for that one, wouldn't you? Being a league game. Yeah, and, and interestingly, I think by the looks of it, Rachel Derbyshire, the, who was Fed's goalkeeper last season, still seems to be out injured um, as Heap is in goal at the minute and seems to be in goal for the last few few weeks for, for, for Fed's. And Rachel Derbyshire is a absolute quality keeper so they must be really gutted to uh, be missing her um but obviously uh, no disrespect to heat you know I'm, you know if she's not up to Rachel Davish's quality then I think there's more opportunities for us to score some goals in this game isn't there yeah absolutely I think that that first game last season you know um Derbyshire helped secure feds that point against us um and then it was it was a tight game wasn't it at, at Telford and I just remember Derbyshire, I think, trying to get that equaliser at the end and she made that late run forward, didn't she? Um, which nobody wants the opposition to keep her to score against him in the last minute. So, again, two swear words in one part, you know, we're absolutely shitting ourselves. Um, it, it's a game that I think I tipped Feds to go down at the start of the season, if I remember right. I said filed and I said Feds. Yeah, I think I was the only one to say filed and that one's looking like it might come true. But Feds, they've, you know, certainly surprised us and Fair play to them, you know. They they put in that really good documentary that was uh, quite heartwarming, really. You know about the whole team, and they're 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 really exceeding expectations. I think I saw the, the person that directed that documentary put up the league table, and it's got all of us big hitters that you know we're in the title race, and then you've got Feds in that top five too. So it's certainly going to be a tough game, um, especially if the ones last season or anything to go by. Yeah, I mean, Feds are obviously currently sitting uh, fifth in the league. Um, and that's, I mean, that's with them having played sort of 10 games this season. And, and, yeah, which, so that does sort of slightly contradict things. I mean, Wolves have played eight games, just to put that into comparison. So they're, you know, they're, they're perhaps their position is slightly um, misconstrued because of their fixtures, but they've had to win those games. They beat, obviously beat Barnsley in the FA Cup. They've got Durham, Sestra in the Cup next round. Um and in their last two league games, they they beat Huddersfield three one and drew with Starbridge. So that you know they they they're getting the points against the teams they need to, and will be comfortably mid table by the looks of it this season. They would need what another six points to to gain you know guarantee survival for another season. Which you know as we saw from that documentary, no big clubs backing them, small budget. They've done they really are hitting above their weight, um, and it's credit to them. And you know, I'll openly say that you know 
they we we did predict that they would be struggling and they they're not and that's credit to the hard work they're doing so there we go um you would say back to full strength matt in this game yeah i mean there's <laughs> i've all said there's little margin forever in previous pods there is just no margin forever now in the league is there you know i think realistically the pessimist says you me we're out of the title race but if we have a near perfect record then you know we, we, we're potentially still in it there um which means again again full respect to feds but if we can't beat feds if we had a slip up like we did last year in the in the first game it, it, it is curtains isn't it so we, we've got to play our best team i don't want us experimenting too much against the likes of peterborough really because i, I want us to go on that nice cup run and, and get a big glamour tie again come the fourth round but there are more opportunities to 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 have that experimenting, I think, in those cup games. But against Feds, a team that kind of know us inside out over the last year or two, you know, we we even played them the year before as well in the cup. It's it's not a game where we can gamble too much. So yeah, so full strength back to four five one or four three three, however you want to describe it. And yeah, Amber back in that sort of leading the line. Yeah, I think so. And and hopefully by that point, you know, we might be looking at that solid base in midfield of, of, of Summer and Merrick with, with, with Tammy just ahead. And that might sound a bit harsh on Sophie Brantford, seeing as she's getting better and better each week. But, you know, that probably is our strongest strongest look at the minute with, with, with Amber up front holding the ball up for us as well. But, I mean, that means when you, as we can make five subs in these games, that you can pretty much change that front, front five and... and... Keep going, yeah, you know, and that the sort of thought of that you taking off sort of Tammy and putting on Sophie Bramford, you're taking off, uh, you know, Liv and putting on Dest, you know, it, it that's that must be scary for for def, you know defenses realistically when they look at that, and you you know you see that coming at you. Yeah, it's it's really impressive because we, we've got a stronger team now, you know, arguably than what we had the year we won the league, where we did suffer injuries and we did suffer that lack of depth and. As much as they did great and, and held their own, we were forced to throw a few kids in there, you know, especially up front. So we've got much stronger depth these days and, and that quality. And yet you need it because the league's only getting stronger. And yeah, like you say, it, it's frightening to have some of that quality, uh, especially in those midfield and, and attacking areas. Yeah. So, Matt, missed it, Matt. Goals prediction, please. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0. Same. There you go. So we're both on that same, yeah, comfortable too. Well, not I say comfortable. It'll be nervous, but yeah. I'll go for a prediction you won't go for then. I'll go 2-0, but it's going to be a really windy day. There's going to be another storm because there seems to be a storm every week at the minute. Um, And we're going to get a Shan Turner goal kick that's going to fly into the corner. So there you go. Shan goal. Yeah, Shan goal. There we go. That... I haven't. I don't know when the last time a keeper scored, other than you know penalty shootouts, and even though I don't think Beck took a penalty in the penalty shootout that we in the penalty shootout we've done. But there you go. Okay, I'll take that. I think Shan will take that as well. To be fair, um, certainly that will be a, a sort of play of the match type performance as well. It's either that or the storm is going to blow the goal kick all the way to Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes. Um, Moving on swiftly before we start with some more interesting predictions. Um, the reserves, um, we sort of alluded to it earlier that um, they had a couple of uh, senior players in the, the team when they played Derby in the Cup. Uh, drew two all in normal time, won 7-6 on penalties. So yeah, Amber played the full 90 in that game. Summer got 65 minutes. It's a really good sort of minutes under the belt for them there. And 
Brooke Cairns and Anya Denham with the two goals. Um, that's a really positive result, isn't it? I think, Matt. It is, yeah, because obviously Derby being one of the, the stronger reserve teams in there as well. And it, it, it's positive for the reserves, but from the first team point of view as well, obviously we had a week off there um, and it gave them an opportunity to to give Amber some minutes, to give Summer some minutes, get some of those fringe first team players like Anya Denham and Brooke Cairns who have just joined um, those opportunities to stake a claim as well. So it was really good then going into um, a return to league action the week after. Yeah, I think and that demonstrates sort of the benefits of the, the, having the reserves there, that you get that sort of opportunity to sort of get minutes back into people's legs and, and sort of whilst also helping provide sort of a bit of leadership and sort of, um, yeah, support to those younger players when they go into sort of tough games. Then at the weekend, they beat Lincoln in the league 5-2 with goals from Holly Bailey got one and Darcy Cartwright got two, plus play of the match, I remember rightly, um, and there were two own goals. So another convincing victory there for the, the reserves away from home. Um, they're playing Notts County at home on the 26th of November. And then they've got Donny Bells away on the 3rd of December. Best of luck to them in those games. And that'll be a, two another really good games for them to p- picture in. Um, Matt, we'll move on just to, to sort of wrap up a couple of bits. October player of the month, we had the poll. It was a very convincing victory in the end, wasn't it, for Liv Ferguson? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it feels bonkers to say we, we, we're talking about how many minutes she's getting kind of in the squad, but especially that West Brom game, you know, she she really led the line there. And I think she, she missed a chance, didn't she, quite early on in that game. She was quite frustrated with herself and then scored a much harder chance, I think, five, ten minutes later on. And that's full credit to her. We, we're really seeing her experience come through as well, whether it's through the output and what she's getting with goals and assists. But equally... And the good thing with, with women's football at this level is you can you can just hear quite closely how much she's directing other players, you know, and they clearly respect her and her ability to to lead the line and, and, and show her experience in that way, which is really good. So, yeah, I think very worthy of getting um, player of the month. No, definitely. I, I, it's interesting. I was about to say a very similar thing about the leadership on the pitch of... So it's not just about the, the goals, it's about leadership as well and showing players, you know, sort of giving sort of... You know, we we got to remember lifts dropped down from Celtic. You know, who qualified for Champions League. You know, so won the push for the league. Won got Champions League football. Um, you know, she's got a raft of experience there to share with sort of the the younger players and those who who haven't played necessarily at that high level and help sort of take the whole team, whole squad forward. Um, Matt, that brings us towards the end of the show. Uh, anything we need to wrap up that we might have missed? No, no, I think we covered a lot. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time, sir. It has been a pleasure. Um, Listeners, please do give us a follow on all social media platforms. And obviously, I would say give us an eight-star review. Can't do that. So please just give us the five uh, and we'll really appreciate it. Uh, It's good night for Matt. Thanks for listening. And a good night for me. Good night. And up the mighty wolves.